October is for horses and Horse Week is back for its second year, October 9th through to 15th. And we want you to join the USEA and Equine Network for Horse Week, which is brought to you by Boehringer Ingelheim for all kinds of incredible stories. We've got profiles of incredible equine athletes. There's storytelling that celebrates the horse-human bond, heartwarming tales of horse heroics and advice from world-class trainers and more. Don't miss a minute of the Horse Week action, including features starring the likes of Boyd and Silver Martin, Doug Payne and Van Diver, Bliss Hears, Anna Buffini, the Budweiser Clydesdales and much, much more. Tune in from the barn, the office or the comfort of your couch. Equine Network is making it easy to watch the week-long celebration from any smart device. Visit horseweek.tv for more information or to watch your favourite features from 2022 and follow Horse Week on social media for the latest event updates. You're listening to the USCA official podcast, which takes you behind the scenes of eventing, covering all the big events, professional tips and tricks, interviews, special guests, and the latest USCA eventing news. Welcome to the USCA official podcast and listeners, I feel like we need a fanfare. I feel like we need bells, whistles, we should all be singing because what a weekend and what a result for the US venting team. Um, absolutely phenomenal. It has been building and building and building and the team absolutely delivered a silver medal in Protoni. Um, and, and on the show to kind of reminisce with us and tell us all that happened out there is none other than the man that led the US team to their first major championship team medal in 18 years, 20 years since their last world championship medal. Bobby Costello, how are you? Uh, I'm doing really well. I'm so happy that we get to speak, you know, oh. after all of this went down. So it's kind of fun. It, Instead of just prognosticating that- about it, we can we can celebrate it a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Um, first of all, kind of set the scene for us this week. So you are now back in the US, you are home from Protoni and yes. kind of regrouping. Yes, I um, uh, had I known we were going to do so well, I probably would have uh, booked my ticket a little bit later. But that's just that's just bad juju if you do that. So I um, <laughs> I bolted right out of there after the press conference on Sunday, barely made it back to Rome to get a flight. Paris that night to then because I then I can fly Paris right to my local airport in Raleigh, North Carolina. So I was home by like mid afternoon on Monday. It's kind of nice. Amazing. Um, I bet you did wish you were able to stay and enjoy a celebratory uh, glass of bubbles, but I'm sure there will be plenty of time for that afterwards. I think let's let's start off. Let's build up to the big moment that you you got those medals, and I guess rewind slightly. We spoke a um, couple of weeks before you headed out to Protoni, uh, maybe even a little bit further out than that, and, and very much the team was announced, and it was all systems go. Um, I loved when we spoke actually it wasn't about olympic qualification you guys were going for a medal which i thought was absolutely brilliant so i guess first of all let's talk preparation because actually all the horses that were sort of their first choice picks so to speak the original Mm -hmm. five selected all kind of made it through travel quarantine everything with no problem so tell us about your your journey out to protoni and, and how that went for you first of all Yes, yeah, so I think we spoke right before um, right before we left for uh, 
France. The horse is shipped um, to um, Vital, France. There's uh, an incredibly beautiful um, equestrian center slash facility. Um, just sits on the outskirts of, of their really charming, cool downtown. Um, and we were there, I believe, for about six days, uh, which was just a perfect amount, you know, a couple of easy days, um, got some good dressage in. We were able to show jump on this beautiful, beautiful uh, polo field that they have. Um, with very similar, and the, 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 the footing was quite similar to, to the footing in Protoni. Um, and the, you know, they had enough rain while we were there. So the footing was great. We galloped. They, they have a couple of golf courses that are connected to the uh, equestrian center. And one was kind of resting for the season. So we had um, use of, of a couple of different fairways that, we did, that went uphill that we could gallop on. And the footing was just exquisite. Um, the tea, you know, all the riders were able to, to really kind of decompress from their crazy daily lives and just start to focus on, their horses and on, you know, producing, you know, the best uh, performance they could when we uh, then arrived after a very long day and a half uh, of travel um, down through the, uh, actually we had to go around the Swiss Alps because um, I guess Switzerland, since it's not in the EU, um, that they, uh, that you have to actually skirt Switzerland or you have to do all this extra kind of ridiculous um, paperwork. So anyway, the horses arrived in, um, in Pretoni, uh, in really good shape on the early on the Monday, I believe. Um, and yeah, and then it was all just a blur after that. <laughs> all systems go from then. Um, yeah. What was the, what was the kind of the first impression of Protoni? I think you've, you've been, haven't you? Lauren had been as well, but. No, I did not. Yeah. I did not okay. go on that uh, visit. Kim Severson and Lauren went for us. Um, I was at another uh, I was, I think, Bromont that weekend um, with the U.S. riders that were uh, going. So those guys came back with really good information. Um, there were no, there was no surprises. Um, you know, was, they were so thorough in their video and picture taking and uh, photograph taking and, and making copious notes. And um, so we really felt like we almost knew the venue um, b before we got there. So that was incredibly helpful. Um, and uh yeah my first impressions were were um it's a beautiful beautiful part of the country it's it's so authentically i would say it, italian you know it was it's not a terribly touristy area um so you know there are beautiful old italian towns and villages and you know some set into the sides of mountains and it was just when you think of italy you know really authentic italy that's that's what it was um so uh yeah very dry incredibly dry um you know, they didn't get, they, we didn't have, we had maybe a tiny bit of rain the whole week that we were there. This, and it's weird because you would think that the footing would be like cement, um, which it would be, say, in the mid-Atlantic states here, you know, with the uh, with the type of soil that we have. But um, it was very, very dry, but the footing was soft and cushiony. So, um, you know, honestly, the footing, you know, that it, they didn't, I, I must say they probably could have done a, a little bit more work in trying to grow more turf on the track, um, but I think it's a little bit, comes with the territory with Bertoni from what I understand. So it actually all ended up fine. Yeah, it's on some sort of volcanic sand or something, isn't it? So it's very, yeah. um, like the footing is very good. It doesn't get deep, it doesn't get hard so much, but I think everybody got very, very, very dusty from what I can yeah. see. It, yeah, um, it's gross. Yeah, like very, very dirty. Um, 
let's let's go on to dressage first phase because actually traditionally in the last kind of few big championships getting off to a good start in the first phase hasn't been a problem for the US but you were in team bronze um not a million miles away from I think where you wanted to be I think you're 0.5 behind the Germans um the Brits were a little bit further out in front but I don't think there was a huge amount of surprise from that actually a couple of the US combinations, particularly Tammy and, and my barn, were pretty well placed. So yeah. what was the feeling in the team camp after the dressage? Because the kind of the big job was still to come. Yeah, I mean, we spent very little time getting excited about um, our placing after the dressage. I mean, it was it was very, I mean, it, it's a lot better than, you know, being sixth or seventh, but being third after the dressage, we knew wasn't going to mean a whole lot if we didn't then perform on the the rest of the weekend i i will say i i was very i was thrilled that um i don't know i have to look back in the annals but i i i don't know if there's ever been a um a u.s team that's had four sub 30 scores um so that was pretty exciting just to get, get started like that but um you know but i i told the riders um ian stark and me uh our cross-country coordinator we've said like, look, go into the cross country, like we're in sixth or seventh place. Like, you know, go in there, like, you know, we're the underdog, like we are going to put the pressure on, like there's no pressure on us, put the pressure on everybody else. And I think that really helped the riders to, to, you know, to put away any kind of like, Oh God, we're in such good striking distance. Like put that out of your head and just go in like you're coming from behind. And, you know, we kind of did that for the rest of the weekend. It was good to, you know, just to have that mindset, not put too much pressure on, um, you know, uh, on the placing until until the last until obviously the last second on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely, and it, a proper roller coaster. Um, we'll talk about the final day in a minute. But in terms of the cross country, Ian Stark has been working with the US team for a few years now, I think, on and off, um, and has been quite involved. What what was his messaging? about Giuseppe Delicchiese's course? What was his, what was his uh, thoughts on it? Right. Ian is so incredible. It was, I felt like it was such a, an inc- it was just the perfect person to to be there um, for the weekend. He is very uncomplicated in his kind of um, way of looking things, a way of looking at things. We walked the course together as a team, uh, just me, uh, Ian, and the riders, and um you know, he just, he did this for us also at badminton and, you know, just doesn't get caught up in the weeds. Um, you know, absolutely just talks practically about every sense, every combination, you know, his, he has so much experience, obviously as a, as a, um, a, incredible, one of the all time great event writers and, and now course designer. So he, you can see it from all different sides. So I think the, the writers felt like they had a very simple, a very, uh, a very, you know, uh, just very clear idea of what they're that what they were going to have to do on cross country day and they all you know got a ton out of that course walk and then subsequent <laughs> course walks are in that poor guy i think he walked the course seven times because all the riders then wanted to walk the course individually with him as well and all they were obliged to do because they have their own coaches uh, was to just do that first course walk and then they could you know uh you know do do their thing with their own coaches and then um, what what we did do was um, all the riders um, and uh, met with Ian and me to go over their final uh, their final cross country plan. But uh, Ian was an incredibly valuable asset and one that I hope we will be able to use many times in the future. 
that was one of the the kind of big things that you brought to the table, wasn't it? In so much as actually um, kind of give, keep letting riders keep their system, um, and and riders had their own trainers, and they kind of had their own. The, while still a team, they kind of stuck to what works for them. Is that fair to say? That is fair to say. Yes, I think um, you know even before I started doing this interim role, there was definitely a push to decentralize the coaching that we weren't going to have just one, one uh, coach for everyone. Everybody kind of had, had, had gotten where they were, um, you know, by having very good programs, very good plans. And so, you know, I was there to support that and kind of bring, you know, kind of a, a, a culture of, of trust and, um, and clarity and focus to, to the group. And, um, I think that was the, the biggest thing um, that I was concentrating on is just, you know, put the riders in, in, a, in a place, in a mindset where all they had to think about was going out and doing their job. And, um, and, and I, think it, I think it worked incredibly well. I'm really happy with just the, the feeling um, in, the, in the stables and in the training camp. And, and that's throughout the whole competition, there was, um, there was not one moment of of angst or um, indecision, like everybody knew exactly what they had to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about cross country? So let's start with Will Coleman, who was pathfinder for the US team off the record, actually two seconds over the time. And and those two seconds were the only two seconds you added in your three counting scores from your team dressage score to your post cross country score, which is pretty damn impressive i think the only team to add nothing were the germans um so right. two seconds 0.8 penalties uh, what was the feeling like when will came home through those finished flags oh uh, we, we were thrilled because i mean will will tell you like it's uh, is not the fastest horse in the world but he was so economical with all his lines he um he didn't waste a second and um you know will is so funny when he talks about timmy off the record you know he he was we were walking up to the um, angled brushes at the end and he's like, God, my, my horse might be a little bit tired here. He's got about as much blood as these wooden horses, which <laughs> 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 we, we just all laughed. It was so funny, but you know, the, the horse can gallop and, you know, he, he uh, and Coleman is just so um, such a great technician and he knew exactly where he could save time and, and exactly how he was going to get as close to the time as possible. So, um, we were thrilled that he was only two seconds over and, you know, of course, Coleman was like trying to think of where he could have made up the two seconds, but we were absolutely ecstatic with the, how the, how the day started. It really set the tone. And that's, you know, that's why I put him first because he's, he has, um, lots of experience. He was our first rider at Aachen a, a couple of months ago and, you know, I felt very confident having him in that spot. Um, um, is there a moment from Cross Country Day that stands out for you as either a, a moment of a real elation um, or kind of something that sort of took you by surprise or anything like that? Uh, I... I I think overall, and I think, again, this has a lot to do with Ian, when we were talking about how simple his instructions were, you know, he just, he just basically said, I want you to go, I want you to jump all the jumps and go fast. And that's, you know, that's basically it at the end of the day. Um, but, but I, I, so there was, there was that, that we were able to really stick to our plan that, um, you know, really nothing went wrong that day, which is pretty incredible. Um, and for me, the thing that's 
stuck out probably was, you know, there was so much consternation about the slide and how it was going to ride. And I started, um, the slide was very close to the start finish and also where the, the viewing tents for the TVs were. So I, I began watching every rider, um, you know, from that area so I could see them, you know, in person come down the, the slide. And I was just so incredibly proud. Like if, if you go back and look at all, all five of our riders going down that slide, I mean, the way that they rode that every single one of the riders, it was just meticulous and perfect. And just it really, to me, it showed so much about their, their, their training and the rideability of their horses and their technical skill. And it was just cool to watch like every single one of our riders just come down there and just make it look so easy. Um, so that was pretty, that I was, I was very happy about that and told them like, you know, it was just like a, a masterclass and how to ride a jump like that. Um, um, so that that stuck out to me at the end of the day is like just how capable and awesome they all were. And, and what about at the end of cross country? Because you'd kind of if the mindset after dressage had been, you know, we're just going to be the underdogs. We're going to come from behind here. Actually, you're going into jumping on the final day in team silver medal position. It had been a, a long old wait. You know, <laughs> was there a feeling of pressure of actually we are we are this close? To getting the it job was done. yeah it, it was uh you know after cross country we were like okay we can have five minutes where we're like wow that went really well and be excited and everybody pats each other on the back and then it was 100 percent right back to heads down same idea you know don't be going into the final phase worrying about protecting a lead go into it thinking we're going to still try to put the pressure on everybody else and you know we're in second that's not first so there's somebody else that we can put the pressure on and um and so I, I really think just mentally, everybody was in a, a very good place on that last day. There was no, you know, I didn't get the feeling that anybody was, um, you know, uncomfortable with the place, placing that we were in. And, um, you know, and as it, as it happened, it was just the craziest afternoon of show jumping I had ever seen and, or been a part of. And, uh, you know, every single country had its ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs. And, um, and it finally, you know, it finally ended up with, you know, where we finished by, I don't even know, like point two fraction, or one. But, yeah. Yeah. It but it ridiculous. was the, fra the, the fractions matter at the end of the day, yeah. the fracture, you know, every, every single second, every single penalty, you know, the slightly off, not square holes in the dress art, you know, everything plays its part on that final leaderboard. Um, the roller coaster on the final day, as you say, was completely real. I mean, it was one minute the the Germans were leading, one minute the US were leading, the next minute the Brits were leading. It was just unbelievable. I guess, first of all, when you walked the course, there actually ended up being something like 11 or 12 clear rounds. Um, and, and a good couple of those came from US riders. I think both Will, Will jumped clear and also Ariel Grohl's um, yes. jumped clear as well, which absolutely fantastic. What was the the thought on the show jumping track did you think it was going to be as tough as it it was when you walked it was it a bit mm -hmm. of a holy moly moment oh uh yeah 100 um i i i thought that it walked very um you know as, as big as it could be obviously it can, it can only be so big but um but quite wide and i think what got you know what was probably played into it the most was the unfamiliarity with that course designer like we're very used to in, in in the in the states you know basically we have two or three maybe 
um, very good course designers that, that, that probably design most of our big competitions. So you do, there is a level of comfort. You kind of know how that person designs like that basically, you know, you might say this, this one tends to, to design a little bit more of an open step, uh, this other course designer, uh, you know, is, is always just right on the money, right on the number. But this, this was um, a little bit, you know, it, it kind of left everybody a little bit off kilter because, you know, there were three different lines. Uh, you jump into a line uh, to, and then however many strides to a combination, it was some kind of seven or eight strides for, for three different combinations. Um, and you had to know exactly for your horse how those were going to ride. Like you had to know your, your horse well enough, know about his length of stride. Um, and, you know, especially that last combination where you could either go on six or seven. And um, it was very, very exacting. Like, I don't, I don't know if there's too many horses that went in six that didn't have the A element of the combination down. Um, and it, it, but, but you had to have a very, very uh, rateable horse. Um, throughout the whole entire course because it was just so technically um, uh, taxing. And uh, I think that was probably the, you know, again, cause it can only be so big. I think that just the, the technicality of the course and the, the rent relentless, you know, um, you know, it was up to height. And I think, you know, all the way around it was up to height. So uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. I knew it was going to be tough. So I definitely, you know, long answer short is, yeah, when I walked, it, I was like, "Wow, this is for real." So, it felt like quite a long course as well. I know there were thirteen numbered fences, but there were three doubles as well. So, yeah, there was actually a jump, It felt felt long. Yeah, there was actually another jump on the course with that it didn't have the flags on it, but it did have the number fourteen by it. So I think he was hoping to even have a, one more jump, but uh, but it ended up being thirteen. And uh, yeah, the course was ninety seconds long. And um, which is on the longer side. Um, so, yeah, it was it was pretty. I mean, but it's a world championship, it's as, as it should be. And um, a lot of people are saying like, oh, maybe was it a little bit too hard for eventing show jumping? But you know, the, the riders are getting it so good. We're on jumpers for the most part that that can handle those types of courses. So, um, you know, I, I didn't think it was unfair. I just thought that that wow, you needed to be on a really good jumper and you needed to be riding pretty, pretty darn well, um, to even have any hope of having a, a clear round or even just two down, you know, two down was not a, was not a bad ride, uh, not, not a bad round for the day. So, um, no, yeah, it was, was not, not at all. I know, you know, some very, very good jumpers had rails down, um, but there were still plenty of clear rounds, which I think is all, also very, you know, kind of reassuring, um, yes. because, you know, it feels very doable that, that moment, that you discovered you'd clinched a team medal. <laughs> Can you put it into words? Well, yeah. It, it, funnily enough, I thought that we had won the bronze because, you know, it was, it was, we went from anywhere. Okay. We're in gold medal position. Oh my gosh. I think we've dropped a fourth. So, it, you know, we're, but I thought at the end, it's like, Oh, okay, cool. We, we settled on the bronze. That's amazing. Everyone was so excited. And it was like 15 minutes later when we were kind of getting all the riders getting ready to go in and, they called the U.S. you know to go up next. And I was like, oh wow, cool, we're in second, so that's cool. Because <laughs> it was just so crazy, you know, it was okay. hard to follow along. Yeah, and everybody was just you know ecstatic and happy. So it was just a, a nice another uh, little bonus. But like, uh, but to answer your question, it was it was pretty amazing because everyone knew it had been a very long time since 
you know, we could celebrate as a country as um, an eventing kind of, uh, kind of the, the eventing um, in, in our country could, to, could uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it was just an amazing feeling that almost everyone could celebrate it. Like everybody at home, you know, not just our riders and athletes, uh, sorry, and grooms and owners, but, you know, everyone um, back home, I think was just so happy that they could, you know, instead of there being consternation at the end of another championship, people could finally um, celebrate. So, uh, yeah, it was an amazing feeling and it was, it was cool just to be a, uh, a part of it. And, and I guess, you know, four years on from the hearse of trying of not getting that Olympic qualification, there's also that kind of big old sigh of relief of actually box ticked, job done, Paris Olympics qualification ticket in the bag. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I remember for me and I was just a selector then after try on, I thought that was like just personally, that was like the lowest point that I felt like, you know, where we were um, as a country. Um, it, you know, it's just it's like, God, are we ever going to figure out how to how to win medals again? And um, and, you know, it seemed like as hard as everyone was trying and, you know, even improving, you know, it, it just seemed like it was always such a um, unattainable thing. And it's like, when the hell did that happen that we that we were in a place where, you know, we were going into these championships, not really even thinking that we had had a chance. So, um but but I don't know. I, I, the feeling was just different this time around, and I don't know if I was setting myself up for failure or what. But I anybody that wanted to listen, I was saying like we're going and we're going to go and win a medal. And um, I don't know why I felt so strongly about that. Um, you know, obviously we 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 have super riders in our country um, who who are actually on some very good horses at the moment. Um, but I just had this weird feeling that you know it was it was the time, and um, <laughs> glad it worked out. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I know, you know, it's always difficult, isn't it? Because when some rails fall on the final day, you think, oh, what could have been? Uh, and I know at the end of the day, the team are all massive, massive competitors. And I think we'll be striving to kind of say, come back in, in four years time or in two years time for Paris and be able to kind of make it onto the individual podium as well, which was a very, very real possibility at times here in yeah. Brittany. But all five riders finished inside the top 20. Um, I'd also like to just give a special shout out. And I, th I think we should really kind of focus on just how impressive her performance was as well for Ariel Grohl and Liam Moore Masterplan, who were 11th. They finished on their dressage score. They were one of only five combinations to finish on their dressage score. I think I'm right in saying they were the only US combination to finish on their dressage score as well, which was an unbelievable Correct. achievement. Yeah. And, and it's so funny. And, uh, and, she was, you know, and she is not one to bluster or, or she is not cocky. She is not, um, has no ego whatsoever, but she was saying right after her dressage test that she's going to finish on her dressage score. And I was like, anybody who doubts that she's going to do that is a fool because she like, she is not one to, to, uh, you know, say stuff like that. And I was like, you know what, she's going to do it. And she, I've known her for, for a very, very long time since she was a teenager. And, um, and uh, her competitiveness is in her focus and um, her ability to concentrate without without um, messing with her own head is just it's 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 amazing. And we, um, you know, we're lucky that that she's found has this horse that she's brought along since the very beginning. I, I think she, we jumped. I was um, the first time that um, she jumped it over 
at my place um, in Southern Pines when it was a five-year-old. I, I just, and she had bought two at that, at, on that trip. And, you know, one of the other, the other horse was a little bit, you know, they were the same age. This, the, the, the other horse was, looked like it was going to get probably to a, a high level quicker than this one. But I, but we knew that Simon was the one who's going to take a little bit longer to mature, but um, that, but he was going to be her next big horse or maybe her first big horse actually, as it turns out. Um, so uh, yeah, that was a great performance and not surprising just because I know her, but um, no less exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And they are really ticking up some very, very impressive results. They've been to Badminton, they've been to Kentucky, Lemoulin, Burley, now Crotoni as well. Um, very excited to see what might come next for them. But look, just the most amazing weekend, a team silver. It has been a long time coming, but kind of the rebuilding, the excitement, everything has kind of been growing and growing and growing. And I'm so pleased for everybody that it, it came off. Um, I feel like I'm an honorary American kind of cheering on yeah. for you guys. You've, you've um, definitely done your you've done your time for sure. So I have, you can, I you have. absolutely I'm, can be an honorary. I'm American. on the crew. I'm on the crew. Um, Bobby, obviously, when you took the role um, back earlier on this year, it was only ever through to the end of Protoni. I appreciate. I'm totally putting you on the spot, but any ideas <laughs> on what we might see for the future? Because I mean, uh, Team Silver yeah. in the back, pretty well, pretty good so start. I, I was, Sure. I was, I was not trying to be cute about it. I was putting it pretty much in the back of my mind only because I didn't want to get distracted, you know, leading up to Protoni. I, you know, the, the process of hiring the next, you know, long-term um, chef slash team manager started a few weeks before um, Protoni. So I kind of got, I got my initial paperwork in for that. um just, just to have done it. Um, because there were deadlines, um, and now um, after now that we're after Protoni, um, there is going to be an interview process for 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 whoever they want to interview, and I am going to I am going to uh, go through that process. And it, you know, it's a very it, it's a bit, you know the USCF because because we're a, a federation because of um, you know part of the the US post PC and. Um, there's a certain way that they have to go about hiring for these positions. So I absolutely am going to go um, through through the the um, interview process over the next couple of weeks. And you know, I had the luxury of just really presenting a six month plan the last time, and that was pretty, you know, not not too difficult to do. But this is, you know, this, we're talking about the the long range vision for the program. So I think it's absolutely right and fair that I've got to go through a pretty rigorous process if I want to continue um, doing this job. So yeah, um, that's where we are. And we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. Well, watch this space. Protoni certainly can't hurt. I would definitely well, say that. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's, it's an interesting time for the sport, isn't it? Because actually, in what, six years time, there's a home Olympic Games in LA, you know, it's a really exciting period of time. And and very much uh, a time that we want to be showcasing eventing. So look, very exciting. Um, thank you for all the hard work this year. Thank you for sharing it so candidly with us as well. It has been so lovely to have you on the show and hear all about it. And I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of listeners all over the world that are just as invested, even if they're not American, and just as pleased for everybody. So thank you. Uh, we, I can feel it. That's great. Thank you very much. 
Listeners, we hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Um, what a brilliant, brilliant result for US eventing, uh, a brilliant result for, for Bobby, the whole team uh, and the whole support staff as well, because everybody works so, so incredibly hard and it's been a long old road. But the wait for one of the big ones is absolutely over and there is a team silver in the bag. The Olympic qualification is ticked off as well and uh, a really, really exciting finish to the championship campaign this year. For now, though, that is all we've got time for. We'll be back soon with more on the USCA official podcast. Thanks for listening to the USCA official podcast. If you have any suggestions or feedback, then we would love to hear from you. Get in touch through any of our social media platforms at US Eventing. And don't forget to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform to make sure you don't miss an episode.